0: We're on we're track to do very, very well this year. I'll just Ooh, say that.
1: Look, look, don't tell the IRS. Uh, don't really? tell the IRS. <laughs> no, i <I'm not> <laughs>
0: They, they going to come for me regardless. I've already accepted <laughs> that.
1: Cope, cope be pocket watching. You got to cope always pocket watching. <laughs> uh, that's what they do with it. NFL, they put it on Google. <laughs> I didn't miss my l- with Fago. Stack my money up like Lego. Back me when I say so. Pull up in the spotlight. Yeah.
2: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon Copeland, a.k.a. Professor Cope. And as always, I'm with my dog, Ross Mack. How you living, baby? Yes,
1: yeah, man. Everybody, hope everybody's having a great new year. Let's get
2: it. Ooh, let's get it. Let's get it. So, we have the pleasure today. First and foremost, I'm always inspired by people Ross knows. Ross think I get too emotional. You know, he just, you know, he's too tough. Chicago dudes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he thinks I get too emotional, but I love seeing people go and create the lives that they want. Mm -hmm. I love seeing people say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to just be a robot. I'm not going to do what they told me to do. I'm going to use my brain, and I'm going to put plays together, put the puzzle together, and I'm going to create the life that I want. And so scrolling through the gram, you know, subject to it, scrolling through the gram, I see this amazing young woman sitting there talking about she's on vacation making four to five figures a month. Oh, hold up. Hold up. I got to I gotta look into this, right? So mm-hmm. we have the pleasure today of having Annalisa on here. Just Annalisa on all social media. Elevated Assist. We're going to dive into the details and dive into her life. But first and foremost, Annalisa, we got to check in with our guest today. How are you doing? How are you feeling?
0: I'm doing amazing. I'm blessed. No complaints over here. No complaints. There we go. There it's we go. a beautiful are you day vacation? in Dallas, so...
2: I was about to say, is are you on vacation right now? That's the question we need to know. Are you on vacation right now? But it sounds like you in Dallas. That might be hard. I mean, every
0: day, is, every day is like a vacation for me.
2: Okay. that's no <laughs> That's when, that's talk, when you, you know you're
0: But no, I'm, I'm home. I'm not out the country or anything. I'm
2: There home, we go. So. There we go. Well, I want to, you know, I don't want to butcher your introduction. I want to let first let our audience know who you are, but... I want to start at the beginning. I don't want to start with elevated assists. I don't want to start with the Instagram. I don't want to start with the followers and the coaching business, right? Like who is Annalisa, right? Where are you from? What gave you this mindset to see the world for uh, what it could be for its potential?
0: For sure, for sure. So my name is Annalisa as mentioned, uh, just Annalisa on all social media platforms. And I'm actually originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I moved to Dallas from Ohio last year um, and it's really been up from that so um, even before before I started my business um, elevated assist within the virtual assistance space before that I was always big on having multiple streams of income I was always big on working harder I mean working smarter and not working harder so how can I maximize the amount of money I can make with, with being able to work less or even monetize the current skill set that I have so kudos to social media they've led me to some amazing relationships relationships business opportunities with people that have really taken my business to the next level so yeah i do a little bit of everything but um mostly people know know me for being within the virtual assistant space
2: awesome 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 so now louisville kentucky in dallas and that like you said most people know you for the virtual assistant space i don't want to limit you right like you know ross over here he's the type of guy he used to tell me just shut up and tackle Like, and I was trying to do different things off the field. He was just trying to limit your boy, you know, but I don't want to limit you. But can you talk about what your nine to five is? Right. I don't know if you want to get into it. Right. But like what it is and then what made you say, all right, like I need, I'm going to find something else.
0: For sure. So my background, my master's degree is in healthcare administration. So I always knew I want to work in healthcare. Um, Healthcare business made the most, most sense to me. Business just made more sense to me. Um, originally I went to school to go pre-med, but I just did not understand being in school that long and not really making any money until my late 30s, early 40s like. That was just crazy to me. I was just like, yeah, it's not for me. And then I job shadowed a couple of positions and I was just like, it's happy kind of boring to me. So, I learned more about healthcare administration, and then my first I guess a big girl job after grad school, I was making like $52,000 a year. I was like, ain't no way on this salary like I can do what I want to do. And I always tell people that God didn't create me to live a basic life. So it's, I'm going to always be able to do something. I never want money to be a reason why I can't live the life I want to live. So I've always been big on like multiple streams of income. So I've always had either a nine to five, 40 hour a week job, or I might have a part-time retail job that I consider like my fun money. So when I really, when I guess... When I guess entrepreneurship really, really grew on me was really during the pandemic where I just had extra time on my hands. I was working as a healthcare administrator at the time, and then I started investing in real estate. So I had a tenant. So those were my two primary streams of income. Um, And then someone on Instagram reached out to me and said, hey, do you do admin work? And I was just like, when I read that, first of all, we didn't we don't know each other personally. We just knew each other from social media. Um, we had a lot of mutual, uh, mutual friends on Instagram, and I was just like, oh, this sounds like a, another stream of income. Like, it sounds pretty basic. Let me see what it's about. The thing that I loved is that this person paid me before I did any work for them. Before I was able to show that I can actually do the work, um, they paid me. And then that week, I was sending emails, I was posting on their social media account, and I made like $1,000 the first month. So, I was just like, I was barely working like 10 hours a week. And then I had my nine-to-five, I had real estate income, and then I had this virtual assistant opportunity. So after the first month, I was like, I'm about to make this a real business. I'm about to tell other people about my virtual assistant business to see if other entre- entrepreneurs need virtual assistants. So about 60 days after that first month, I, had made, I was making $5,000 a month working with three different clients, clients that I've never met before, all from social media, and that just kind of took my business took my business to the next level and everything has just grown and blossomed since then. Mm.
1: So let's take a step back, right? When we're talking to the audience, you know, I think not a lot of people have a good understanding of what a virtual assistant is. So how would you explain that to someone who literally knows nothing about it?
0: For sure. So a virtual assistant, I like to describe it to people. is basically similar to maybe a personal assistant, but you're working virtually. Um, You complete admin tasks, secretarial duties, Um, Day-to-day small tasks and your clientele and the people that pay you are usually, whether it's executives or small business owners. So most of my clientele are small business owners. So I've worked with CPAs. Um, We have people on our team that actually work with athletes. We work with lawyers. We work with business influencers. Pretty much everybody can utilize a virtual assistant, especially if they had a busy schedule and they're looking to delegate small tasks um, throughout the day.
1: So is it possible to not disclose in a potential, a client for that matter, but like what would a day-to-day look like for just make up a type of client? But like what, give us an idea of like what what is the type of communication you're, you're doing on their behalf, who you talking to, et cetera?
0: For sure. So in, within the virtual assistant space, you can be working with one client and it still be part-time hours. So your day-to-day could be in conjunction with your nine-to-five work. So likely you're reaching out to your your cl- one of your clients in the morning, and say, hey, I'm cl- I'm completing this task for the day. Um, do you need me to take anything off your plate? Initiating that conversation on a day-to-day basis, completing those tasks. So it's not a lot of interaction as long as you set the tone and the expectation um, in the beginning of what actually needs to be completed. So for me, um, it was a lot of redundant work that I completed for a lot of clients. So there will go there will be days I don't talk to my client at, at all but they know that work is being completed mm-hmm. so it's something you can do with another business it's something you can do in conjunction with your nine to five or you can replace your nine to five income with being a full-time virtual assistant and having multiple comments
2: yeah i was going to say so you know this this conversation one i'm 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 just learning i'm jotting down notes that's just all i'm doing mm-hmm. up here so it's going to go all over the place and you're going to have to forgive me for that but when we okay. talked about healthcare administrative services or healthcare administration, right? I, I didn't butcher that, right? Was there any skill set that you gained through that experience that you're able to apply to your VA business or is it just your natural abilities, gifts, charisma, etc., that allowed you to start your VA business?
0: For sure. So I think, I think with any experience that people have from a career standpoint, there's always transferable skills. You can transfer into another Capacity. Um, for me and my background, again with healthcare administration, it's really the business side of healthcare. So there's there's definitely transferable skill sets, qualities that I can transfer into my business. And on a day to day basis, within my nine to five, I work with CFOs all day. That's pretty much what I do. So I'm obviously able to gain some knowledge from them from a financial standpoint. But you don't have to have a master's degree. You don't have to have a bachelor's degree to make four to five figures a month as a virtual assistant. I would say if you have basic customer service related skills. You can do the work as a virtual assistant. I always tell people, you know how to send an email. You don't know have to put a PowerPoint presentation together. These are really, really common tasks that pretty much everyone this day and age knows how to do. Things that you would do as a virtual assistant for a client. Hmm.
2: I was going to say, you also touched on real estate. So obviously, clearly just a, a entrepreneurship mindset, right? And so I think it's, you know, you look at certain people and you're kind of like, it's, yeah, it's a matter of time before you find anything that you're going to turn into a business and monetize. Right. So like tell, tell us about I'm in the real estate. I love real estate. You got to tell me about the property, your, your first rental and everything like that. What was that process like?
0: For sure. So I always wanted to have a multifamily unit of some sort. Um, when I was in college, I just remember living off campus and all of these people, all of these people would send their rent to this one guy. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like this don't make sense to me. I was like, when I graduate college. I'm gonna do something like this. So when I moved to um, Cincinnati, Ohio, which in Ohio, you generally have a lot of multifamily units of, uh, available. So I was just like, this is my opportunity to maybe house hack for a couple of years and then transition to something else. So my first, um, my first property, it's, it's a duplex I still have in Ohio. And I lived on one side for two years and I still rent out, um, rent out I rented out the other side. And then when I moved to Dallas, um, I'm, I was just able to rent out the, the side that I lived in um so yeah i would say my brother oversees the property it's pretty passive for the most part my tenants leave me alone nah, um okay. so yeah they kind of started everything and the overall goal yeah knock on wood <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood um so the, yeah the overall goal is to expand my real estate portfolio when it's appropriately so uh yeah likely i will likely probably buy in ohio and kentucky i think okay right.
1: Love it. Right. midwest i ain't mad at it so question right when you were thinking about being a virtual assistant and what so i love one of the things you were saying is like early on i realized i want to have multiple streams of income right having only mm-hmm. one stream of income is too close to having zero so if you are looking at a person or talking to a person who has a job right a normal nine to five and you're like yo it's easy money you can start becoming a va explain like the type of time commitment that is going to be right like you, you say sometimes it might be 10 hours a week but like is that me answering emails and setting up meetings after i get off work or is the sometimes the task so trivial you could do it while being technically on the clock for your other nine to five well, I
0: always people, yeah that's a great question i always tell people like i get 80 percent of the work when I, so right now I oversee the agency. I don't work with clients directly anymore. I have VAs that work under me. But before, when I was just a virtual assistant by myself, I could get 80% of the work done on my phone. Mm-hmm. I could be on a remote call from my nine to five and then responding to a quick text with one of my clients. And they're like, hey, send some flowers to my mother's house for Mother's Day. I can do that in two seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's not, a lot of these tasks that need to be completed for these busy entrepreneurs, It's just stuff that they don't have time to do or they don't wanna do. So they're willing to pay to delegate it to someone else. Hmm. Um, A lot of the items are not really, really lengthy. Obviously, it depends on the client. It depends on the industry. It depends on what their workload looks like. But for the most part, I mean, I mean, you can finesse and do things while you're on your nine to five call with your phone, because there's a lot of apps compatible on your cell phone. But also these clients, they pay for, and this is how I teach my students, they pay for certain packages. So most of the people who I've allocated 10 hours a week for, that's, you're paying for 10 hours a week. You're not paying for 30 hours a week. Unless you wanna increase that package. So it's that expectation to understanding in the beginning after they sign the contract and they're paying those uh, reoccurring invoices.
1: So then when you say some of the people that work for your agency, they're doing this full time, but maybe just having multiple clients.
0: So it depends. I have some people who they work for elevated assist full time. And I have some people who might still have a nine to five and they may have one or two clients. It just really depends. I mean, the overall goal, a lot of people, they want to be able to replace their nine to five and just have the flexibility to just have multiple clients within the virtual assistant space. But that does take time for some people. Gotcha. I,
2: I just want to reset the room real quick because we talking to a mogul right now, right? Like, <laughs> it, it, and, and the beautiful thing is, so again, you've inspired me. One of the things I learned years ago was like, all right, like, yeah, when I came into the league, Ross, I don't know if I ever told you this. When I came into the league, we were trying to build a high-intensity interval training app. This is 2013, you know what I'm saying? I sound old. Back in my day, we was trying to build a high-intensity interval <laughs> training app called FitLife. That sounds familiar. F-H-I-I-T, Life. Yeah, we was we did some community stuff in New York. Me, Joe Holder, who we had on, my buddy Scott Lapano, And long story short, it was everybody's third thing on their list of to-dos, right? Everybody else had a primary jobs, secondary things, and you know it was like the back, back, back burner. So after that experience, I said, all right, well, let me try to put my time, effort, and energy. I know I want that extra income, but I wanna put it into something where I can look at a blueprint, make it my own, right? Like I can look at somebody else doing it, I can make it my own, I can find ways to make the business better. And so you know, the beautiful thing, like you said, you just started this business relatively recently, right? Like COVID, during the pandemic. And so now, instead of you servicing clients, you are boss, boss lady, right? Like, so how, like, how do you view your business? Like, how do you view the trajectory of your business? Things like that, right? Like, this is just a, there's only gonna be more entrepreneurs. There's only gonna be more startups, right? More than ever. So like, when you think about the potential of your business, the growth, et cetera, right? Like, how do you, how, who are you going in? Are you talking to other people? Are you brainstorming? Is this all you? Like, take me through that a little bit.
0: So, yeah. So since I've scaled my business, so now I have virtual assistants that uh, work under me. I now have other layers. So I have a director of client services that focuses on the overall engagement for my clients. And I now have an operations manager that focus, uh, focuses on the engagement of the virtual assistants on my team. What mm-hmm. makes my virtual assistant business than most of the virtual assistant businesses that you come across is that my VAs live in the United States. Most other agencies, most other virtual assistance companies that you'll come across, they'll be in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, so people that come to me, my clientele, they come to me because they want a virtual assistant that live that lives in the United States, but also they want to work with someone that looks just like them. So the way that we've set ourselves apart within this industry, it just want to only grow and get better as we increase the overall exposure and increase our overall partnerships with people. So at the beginning of the year, I strategize with my operations manager and director of client services and um, we're, we're on track to do very, very well this year. I'll just Ooh, say that.
1: Look, look, don't uh, tell the IRS. Really? Don't tell
0: the IRS. <laughs> nah, well, they they going come Co- for Co- me with Co- pocket I've watching. You got
1: to cope always pocket watch.
2: <laughs> uh, that's what they do with it. And I thought <laughs> so, they put it on Google. Go ahead. Sorry, we didn't mean to interrupt.
0: Yeah. So, and just and just be mindful of that the, the traction that I've made with my virtual assistant has, I, we've done no paid marketing. Hmm. We've done no paid marketing for elevated assist to get clients. So, when we think about incorporating paid marketing, um, in, in different methods, I think that there's not that I think. I know that there's an. I know that we will, you know, hit really, really good goals very, very quickly uh, within our overall agency. Just making the right partnerships and correct and connecting with the right people.
1: So you brought up something that actually was going to probably be one of my next questions, and it was kind of about your competitors because I have come across other people that utilize the VAs that are in the Philippines, right? And you know, when you think about it, sometimes there's a language barrier. Obviously, there's a time barrier. So what would you say, like, your clients love about your your service, your offerings?
0: Well, even though some of our clients, most of my clients don't live in Dallas, um, so my clients live a little bit of everywhere. For some reason, they still feel like there's this closeness mm-hmm. because we still live in the United States versus having someone in the Philippines. Obviously, in the Philippines, it's going to be a lot cheaper. You can get a VA from 7 to $10 an hour. I'm going to let you know right now. We don't work for 7 to $10 an hour and there's no, and, and no form will we ever be in that, in that space. Um, again, we're offering that continuous communication. We don't have to worry about programs are compatible, uh, worrying about the compatibility of certain programs or software. Um, and then also the language barrier. We send a lot of emails. So our clients want to make sure we understand the language, we understand the culture of their audience, and the message is completely clear. Because a lot of the, the, lot of the emails we're sending out, a lot of the content we're creating, a lot of the work we're doing, it drives their business. So they don't want to constantly bring someone in that may not understand their business, understand their language, um, understand their culture, and have to constantly explain, explain those things. The entrepreneurs we work with, they are super, super busy. So most... Not most of all of the entrepreneurs that that work with elevated assist high six-figure earners high seven figure earners so they don't they don't have time to be redundant and answer those small questions which may come across from people who live in Mm -hmm. another country
1: i love Mm -hmm. that so i got a question right i'm an entrepreneur right and i think everyone Mm -hmm. can attest to it when you are an entrepreneur you're so used to wearing a ton of hats right and i think it's often you find it a little difficult to take a step back because when you build a business, that's your baby, right? But there comes a point in time when you got to take a step back in order for your baby to grow and thrive, you got to be able to take a step back and actually focus on other metrics of the business, right? And I've yet to truly be able to give my reins away. And I think I'm at that point, well, I know I'm at that point where I need a VA, right? What do you say... How do you help? How do you coach a person when it comes to first getting that VA? Like, okay, do we start small? Here are the trivial tasks. Here are the things that we could do to make you more efficient. Like, talk an entrepreneur through saying, "Okay, why you need this VA, and more importantly, what are the steps of actually giving, you know, giving away some of that autonomy, some of those uh, tasks that you need someone else to potentially do."
2: And, and before Absolutely. you do that, I Annalisa, I don't mean okay. to interrupt, but listen. You go ahead. Let's get a client today. Let's get a new client today. Come on, Ross. Don't be I love it. I love it. Let's so, get it.
0: So I was just talking to a group of people about this yesterday because I, I'll be honest with people. It's hard. It was hard for me to delegate mm-hmm. in the beginning. It was very, very hard for me to delegate because Elevated Assist is my business um, and, and is my baby. So I always tell people in the beginning as an entrepreneur, write down everything, like everything within your business or even in your day to day personal things that you can delegate to a virtual assistant. You need to be transferring those things that are not providing any direct revenue, but that need to be done within your day-to-day or your business to your virtual assistant. What are things you don't have time to do? What are things you don't want to do? What are things you want want to implement in your business, but you don't know how to do? You can hire a virtual assistant to that. You don't you need to I always tell people because I had to have someone tell me this, you need to operate in your area of genius at all times especially a lot of the entrepreneurs that I'm talking to, they're they're in the seg- six-figure, high six-figure. If you want to get to seven figures, you cannot, you can't do the small tasks oh, in your business. You're, are, do you own the business or are you a business operator? Because those are two totally different things. So as a business owner that wants to be high level, you can't operate those mundane, redundant tasks. You can delegate those to a virtual assistant. So with the virtual assistant, you need to work on small ways you can build trust with them because it needs to be a trusting relationship. And again, that's why most people come to Elevated Assist, because they feel like they can have that trusting experience because they live in the United States. It's just people just get weary about um, a virtual assistant that lives in another country and not understanding how their business operates. So we, we create that trust by helping them delegate those small tasks, working to create SOPs within your business. So when you're about to onboard a virtual assistant, you need to write down not only the tasks that need to be completed, but how do you want them to be completed so they can have it done correctly? When I started within my virtual assistant business, I was like, y'all can't read my mind. Y'all don't know how I want stuff to be done. So I had to go back and redo work because I realized as a leader, I wasn't giving them the right instruction to be successful in completing some of those tasks. So not only do you wanna go through the process of eliminating some of your day-to-day tasks that you don't have time to do, you don't wanna do, or you don't know how to do, but also, how does some of these things be done within your business? That needs to be documented, that needs to be um, reviewed and given to your virtual assistant so they know how to do things correctly, but give them small tasks and then work them up, work their way up to more complex things within your business so they can prove they can do the small things and they're ready for the larger and more complex things within your business. So for me, within my business, um, it took me a while to give people access to like financial information within my business because I wanted to make sure they understood, understood the small things. And I also want, I don't want to have to hire a new virtual assistant. And I'm talking about my personal virtual assistant, someone that helps us manage my social media, someone that helps manage my emails. I don't want to have to constantly hire that person. That person needs to almost be like a number two for me. So it took me a while to train them and, and for them to learn my business and my overall objective. So again, just to, just to review, you have to make that list. Mm. You have to create those SOPs and how they want things to be done. But also you have to communicate and speak to them because they can't read your mind. Mm. So we always ask our clients generally at the beginning of the month, what's the goal for the month? So we can all be on the same page. And how can I help you get there? What's the goal for the week? How can I help you get there? So Because we want to make sure we're putting money back in your pocket. And that's generally the process that we go through for our, for our clients. And this is especially for people who've never had a virtual assistant before. So it does take time for us to actually build this relationship and work very closely with them. So the process with the elevated assist, people book a call. We learn a little bit more about your business, what the everyday needs would be for the virtual assistant. We take that information back. We create a package. And then we do a secondary call. Where we put some general SOPs together pertaining to your business so that that is prepared for the virtual assistant we'll pair you to and then we generally do that in about a 14 14 day period so before the virtual assistant starts working with you they'll have some pretty basic sops pertaining to your business before they even get started
1: SOPs stand for
0: standard operating procedures
1: procedures yeah you know everybody don't know i just google right. it i had to make sure i knew what <laughs> i was talking about i said Would wait you, a minute how the hell you get through wharton
2: boy you know what i'm ashamed hey, man I'm a shit, hey, nah, man. I'm, you, I'm, I, best I'm best back though, man. Sure. I got into <laughs> the back though. <laughs>